Crowhill here from Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Today we review an Abbey Ale and talk about food fads. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Good evening, Crowhill. What's on your mind today? Granola. Granola. Yes, granola. Yeah, a particular uh, kind? N- well, this is it. I, I was watching a, a person make their own granola. Mm. I was like, well. I've done that, believe it or not. That makes sense, yeah. right? You know, hard, especially yeah. like a, a, you know, or a, a trail mix kind of a thing or, or you know, you, 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 we, we brew beer and I like uh, make salsa and yeah. You, yeah. So why not granola? But the person kept emphasizing the importance of using organic and non-GMO products to make this granola. So, so I thought to myself, I mean, that makes sense, right, doesn't it? How, yeah. how much chemistry did you take in high school and college? Uh, all I had to, just what I had to. Just what you had to. No, oh, see, yeah. I took way more than I had to. Uh, like, even in high school, I took three years of chemistry. Okay. And um, chemistry, AP chemistry, and qualitative chemistry, which was what they called organic chemistry at the time. Uh, and back then, organic meant something very different from what you're saying. Well, I'm, I mean, when I'm listening to Granola Lady, I'm going, well, certainly organic food sounds better than non-organic food. Well, yeah, non-organic food <laughs> would be like, I don't know what that would be, metal shavings? or, or <laughs> and, the, and, and then I thought, why would I put genetically modified organisms in my mouth. I mean, that's gross, yeah, right? Possibly, Who yeah. wants to do that? I so I, I, said, I said, let's just take a minute to find out exactly what they're talking about yeah. when they say organic okay. and genetically modified organisms. Okay. Uh, but yeah. not until I... I had a bad day today. Yeah. At work. It was rough. Uh-oh. And so I'm going to genetically modify my attitude and my disposition <laughs> with this beer right Yeah, here. so this beer here is an Abbey Ale. Okay. It's it's like a, a Belgian double. Um, it's uh, Special B. Yeah. Two two row, Crystal 60, chocolate malt. Okay. And then with, with pretty ordinary hops, uh, Hauer Tower and Saz. Yeah, good um, old uh, some German German style. hops, yeah. So it's a... It's a Something um, the monks would have made during Lent. Ex- exactly, yeah. It's a, it's a strong-ish... Um, Are we in Lent right dark. now? Uh, yes, until Easter. Right. Yeah, a little bit of sweetness there. Hold on, you didn't throw any anise in here, did you? I did actually. One, one anise star. One anise star because one anise star. I get you it. Take it. You really? Yes. Yes, I did just to, because just I, for fun. I, I totally forgot. I mean, you you told me at the time, mm-hmm. but I completely forgot about it until I tasted. It. I said, "What is going on?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it jumps out at you, doesn't it? It's there. I tell you, if if you if you're a home brewer. And you're ever considering putting anise or anise or however you say right, it right. in your beer, less is more. What did you do with the our last bat, the uh, porter batch? Two or three? No, just two. Just two. Yeah, just two. And it was and it was noticeable. It was this nice. was just one. This was just just one. one. And All you can right. still get it. And you've got a lifetime supply. Apparently, I, I know <laughs> exactly. I've got a metric ton of it downstairs. It's delivered by freight car. So, so uh, yeah. I mean, here is this is a strong. Multi yep. sweet beer, and you can you still think that it would overcome any yeah. any minor additive, but it's no, there. It's but there. it's but I was like, I think it was a fine addition. It's good. Yeah, good tasting. All right, but is it is it organic? Is the question. Well, as you as you brought up, 
Organic food is like saying a human person. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, From a scientific point of view. <laughs> yeah. Organic yeah. and inorganic mean radically different things from what they mean when they talk about food. Organic, you know, is it's it's like things related to life and so forth. It's not, not, so any any kind of food that you're going to eat is organic from a from a chemistry point of view. Yes. But that's not what they mean. They, they wanted to pick some they wanted to pick some word that would sound that would sound good. Right. You know, well, you're, you're trying I said, to, chem chemically, it's any carbon containing molecule with a carbon hydrogen bond. Yeah. Plastic and coal are organic. <laughs> right. So, exactly. right, I mean, if you right. want to talk about what the, you know. Yeah, but every apple is organic from, from that point of view, <laughs> right? But, but the, what they're trying, but the, the people who want to push this organic food thing, they mean something different. So what do they mean? Yeah, what do they mean? They, they, <laughs> they don't mean anything. It is a uh, marketing ploy. As far as I can tell, the, hmm. the we'll, we'll we'll get into what the the, the definition supposedly is. it means they don't use pesticides. Yeah, which is complete nonsense. Right, because every, every no no it's but that's not part of the like in order to label your food organic does not mean that you don't use pesticides, but it's part of the popular notion yeah. of what. Uh, so when I when I was a, when I was a kid living in my parents' house, I remember reading this article. About the the warfare between bugs and trees, all right, and and the way the trees would adapt their strategy of fighting against the bugs mm -hmm. every year, and and basically the trees somehow or other through passing chemicals through the air or something or other would kind of communicate, okay, this is what's going on with the bugs this year, and then the trees would have a strategy, this like biochemical you know biological attack strategy against the bugs. And the trees would generate their own insecticides mm -hmm. to s prevent the bugs from eating them up. That's so fantastic. It is fantastic. And every plant has something like that. You know, these plants have been eaten by bugs for millions of years. <laughs> they wouldn't they, still be here. Exactly. If they, if they hadn't figured if they, something out. If they hadn't figured something out. So they, they've got some sort of a defense, yeah. which is what we would call an insecticide, right? Yeah. And what... Well, we'll get, we'll get into GMO late, later, but yeah, so you modify the plant to take advantage of these natural tendencies mm -hmm. that plants have, and you transfer them to other plants. But one of the, the, all food is organic, Yeah. right? And when I hear green and organic and non-GMO and sustainable and all of the, all I think of is people sitting around in a marketing department. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. what you know what's big this? this year? Yeah, gosh, this would sound good. What word sounds good? Yeah, you know, I've been in meetings like that where you're trying, you're trying to name now, yeah. never trying to name a food or, or a movement, but trying to name like a publication, right. right? And you try to say, well, this word has this connotation, and this word has this connotation. When right? Focus groups say that when people hear this, they think that. Yeah, exactly. And so you're like, well, you want to steer them in that direction. Yeah. So, so that's it. So, first off. Uh, the all-natural fallacy. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's all... A yeah. rock falling on your head is natural. Yeah. Uh, so is hemlock and mercury and lead and asbestos. Uh, Asteroids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Viruses. Yeah. I mean, except for the ones created in a Chinese lab. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. They're all natural. So, 
You're not, yeah, you're not really saying anything necessarily positive by saying it's all natural. Yeah, the, the whole all natural thing is just absurd. Okay, so what? It's natural. There's a lot of natural things that kill you. Yeah, like lions, you know, lions are natural. I, I was thinking about, so let's just say uh, somebody uh, who likes their all natural, uh, what do they call it, alternative medicines, yeah. right? So they've got a bad back and they found this root that if they make a tea out of it, then they drink the tea and their back feels better. I think to myself, if there's an active agent in that root, yeah. I'd like a chemist to extract it, synthesize it, put it in a pill, and I'll take that. And that's and you know what we call that? What do you call that? Aspirin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly, right? So, oh, no, no, no. I chew on tree bark to get out the feet. Right. Yeah. How about no? No, no basically, so, so... That's all natural. Yeah, any, but, anything, that, anything that we can find in nature that is helpful, that, you know, this, this bark, this whatever berry, this whatever it is, yeah. somebody is going to turn that into a medicine and then... Now we have yeah, but, aspirin or whatever. Yes, the heck but it then is. the homeopath is going to say no. But the better way to get at that ingredient uh, is to you know reduce it chew on the root point, yeah. and make a tea out of it. And then, really, how, what's wrong with getting a chemist to pull out the good stuff yeah. and get rid of all that all that bark that you've been eating? Uh, now, the, now there is. I I would differ slightly on this. Like, for example, you can get vitamin D from sunshine, or you can get vitamin D from pills. Uh -huh. and, and supposedly it's actually more effective to get vitamin D from sunshine. Right. Than get. Now, now, if you can't get the sunshine, you know, if you're, if you're in a submarine or something, by all means, take the stupid pills, right? But, but if you can get it from the sunshine, get it from the sunshine. So I would say that there are certain situations where, like getting it, Kind of the natural way probably works better than getting it in a pill. Yeah, yeah, but I've heard that uh, alt, alt, that alternative medicine is either medicine that has not been proven to be effective, <laughs> right? Most of the time, yes. Or it's medicine, or it's something that's been proven to not be effective, right? You know what they call alternative medicine that's proven to be effective? Medicine. Medicine. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so uh, another thing about organic is this idea that uh, you're kind of sticking it to the man. Ah. Right? Like the, you... The, the evil pharmacist. The e no, I mean, no, the, the evil... Drug companies, uh, yeah. No, agricultural giants. Big... What do they call them? Big... Big ag. Right. Uh, you know, but it turns out... Most of the organic foods come from the same people. It's so, just they put it in a different field. Exactly. Yeah. They, right. They they've been to the, they've had the marketing meeting, mm -hmm. and it's the same people who are growing the the the. the what do we have to do to put this badge on our food? Well, first you make the label green. Yeah. And then you make sure you put sustainable on there. Right. And then you have to meet some. Well, we other got we got to get rid of the we got to get rid of the mice though. How do we do that? We have to do that in an organic way. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And so. Because you do it in this, because you're 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 not killing the mice and you're not killing the uh, aphids, uh, your yield is lower, so that the price is higher. But so what? People are going to pay it. So years ago, I was at this festival, and they had there was this booth that was selling um, what's the word? 
when you have the old heirloom, heirloom vegetables. Yeah. So I bought some heirloom peppers and then I went to Home Depot and I bought some evil peppers. <laughs> and, I, and I planted them side by side. They both got watered the same amount. They both got the same amount of sunshine. The evil peppers grew nice and big and produced lots of peppers. The heirloom peppers just didn't do much of anything. They, they were small and, and they've hardly produced any fruit. Mm. Okay, so they were magical and heirloom and wonderful and everything, but I didn't get anywhere near as many peppers from the heirlooms as I got from Exactly, the, and that's, yeah. you know, it, it, people are willing to pay more for them because they're less... Less productive. If, less I can, if I can plant an evil plant that gives me eight peppers, and I can plant an heirloom plant that gives me two small peppers, those two small peppers are going to cost a whole lot more than those eight big peppers. Yeah, because everyone loves to hear that corporations are bad and that all natural is good and that chemicals and synthetic compounds are poisons. You know, it's not a difficult message to sell. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's more of its appeal than any so than any health benefits. Like the health that organic food is healthier? No, it doesn't contain any you know, there are no more nutrients. How many people do you know who are really into, like, organic health food? Right. I have, over the years, known yeah. a few. Yeah. And generally speaking, I find them sickly. Now, <laughs> now the question is, right. which is the cause and which is the effect? Are they sickly and therefore they want, to, they want to fix things and they go eat organic foods? Or do they, like, go try to eat organic foods and that makes them sickly? I'm not sure where the correlation, mm -hmm. where the cause is there. But... Um, I I don't see it. I don't see a lot of really healthy people saying, "Oh, I'm this way because I only eat um, magical mushrooms or whatever," instead of a regular. Mushroom. Well, so the so the the other fallacy is that they don't use fertilizers or pesticides. So they they actually on on so-called organic produce they still use fertilizer fertilizers and pesticides. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, but but they're, they're, are they different in some way? Yes, they are different in some way. And so let's just say, well, well it goes back to my eating bark. Mm -hmm. So they'll use bat guano and fish scales and... I see. Oh. So instead of using that stuff reduced down to its, to its basic constituents in a lab, they'll just use the thing itself. Exactly. So, so what synthetic fertilizer... Contains nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, okay. which are all in bat guano. And but you're not, you don't, you're not carrying along all the excess waste. Right. So that's all you're getting out of the bat guano and the fish scales, mm -hmm. are those same three elements, mm -hmm. along with a bunch of other junk that you have to uh, source from some far off place. Right. That you have to truck there. Yeah. That you have to. And that, there may be you, some you, other thing going on in bat guano that we don't want in our food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But all your, but the only things that are helping the plant grow are these same elements that you can just extract out. Like nitrogen, you can extract it out of the air. Right. Yes. Well, you know what I mean. So most of the air is nitrogen. Yeah. yeah right. So that's that. So it's not like you're doing something harmful, or you have some. Ooh, it's a chemical. It's nitrogen. We don't want that in our food. Oh, that'd be uh, terrible. Okay, yeah, but it's mostly. So it reminds me. It reminds me a little bit of a story from when my children were younger, about they were they were talking with a neighbor kid who was drinking, drinking coffee through a straw 
And they said, why are you drinking coffee through a straw? And she said, well, I don't want air to get in my coffee. And they said, you breathe air. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, my goodness. That's delicious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes things get a little silly. Uh, All right, so so organic. What else do we have to say about organic? Right, so you're sticking it to the man. So so you're not sticking it to the man because the same corporations are providing most of the organic food. Right. Uh, it, uh, Trader Joe's, right? That's kind of their 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 thing. Yeah, it's like a five billion dollar corporation right. that uh, doesn't hire you know doesn't hire union workers and. It is the man. Yeah. You know, just with a friendlier face on it's, it. <laughs> it. It's it's the man. They just say this kind of things that make you feel comfortable. Yeah. So all yeah, right. So all natural is dumb. Uh, you're not sticking it to the man. The food, there's no more additional proteins to it. The so the big the big ones are, yeah. So fertilizers, oh well might as well get into GMO because you you can't be GMO, genetically modified organism, and be called uh, organic. organic. Uh, Why not? What? What? So, so what definition of organic makes GMO not organic? Yeah, who knows? But, but when we get into herbicides and pesticides, that's why you're GMOing the O is so that you don't have to. That you can use fewer pesticides. Yeah. So I, I actually heard that supposedly. With GMO crops, there's been something on the order of an 8% worldwide reduction in pesticides because of having GMO crops that don't require as many pesticides. Yes, yeah, so you take, you, you, so you take, so, all right, so modifying organisms. Yeah. Is that different than cross-pollination? So, so I was, I remember many, many years ago, I was helping a friend paint his house and I was, I was in this in this room when I was painting with this other guy. And this other guy was talking about how he thought it was very important that we eat things like the way nature made them. Yeah, right. And I said, like, give me an example. He said, like, an apple. Yeah. And I said, an apple, the apple that you eat is not like the normal apple. That's been bred over thousands of years by humans to be the apple. Like, the normal apple... You're never going to find a red delicious... That's not had no contact with human beings, right? Like the, like the original apple might have been a crab apple or something yeah, like that, probably and also. then and then yeah, and then we bred it over time. Like there are some things that we eat that have not been modified, like crabs and you know, <laughs> fish, <laughs> fish right, yeah. you know, lobsters. Things. There are some things that we have not. But there's, modified. No, there's no commercial agriculture. Yeah, like chickens. There's no such thing as a chicken in the wild. The, the chicken is a, a radically different bird from the bird that we domesticated it from. Right. Domesticated pigs are different things, domesticated cows. The original cow was something called an auroch. It was this great big creature that we bred down to be the cow. So, so like everything that we eat, all the normal creatures, the sheep and the chickens and the goats and the cows and everything else, these are all things that we bred from other animals right which yeah yes and by breed you could say genetically modified through selective breeding yeah and the same right so so i imagine a thousand years ago uh corn 
was crappy yeah. compared to what we have today. Or, yes. Or, you know, or... And the good old Native or, Americans... Or even, how about, how about my fine barley that's in this delicious beer that you made? Right. You think that the, that, that barley was just like that 5,000 years ago? No, they, they bred it. Now, now, I would say there is a distinction between modifying an organism by picking, picking the taller, more productive, whatever, crops... And planting those, or take, or, or taking a, a a plum and a peach and using, right? You can splice the yeah, yeah. vine exactly. That's that's one way of of genetically modifying an organism, but like going into the laboratory and injecting DNA into the thing. That's where people start to get nervous. That's where it is. And so, how about how about this? Uh, uh, in 1943, what became known as the Green Revolution began when Mexico, unable to feed its growing population, shouted for help. Okay. Ford and Rockefeller Foundations founded the International Rice Research Institute in Asia, and by 1962, a new strain of rice called IR8 was feeding people all over the world. So, uh, uh, IR8 with no fertilizer, straight out of the box, produced five times the yield of traditional rice. In optimal conditions with nitrogen, produced ten times the yield. So now by 1980, now you've got IR-36, so I guess that these are just successive generations. Right. Uh, you know, exploded into, you know, now you're f feeding massive populations from... What we what you what, what you said is now we're doing scientific uh, modification, right? So you're doing the same thing, but I don't know how long how long it would take, how many generations it would take to you know spice a plum and a peach and but right. you know by the time you finally are have can feed a nation with this new fruit, now uh, we can do it in, in a, a year. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly. Okay, so I, I, I was actually, in preparation for today's episode, I went out and listened to some anti-GMO uh, podcasts ah. and, and so forth. Okay. So I got, I've got a series of objections that people have to GMO. All right. So let me, let me throw a couple of them out. Actually. All right. Okay. The first one, which, which is an interesting one, is do we have a choice in this matter? Like, if I go to the store to buy bread, shouldn't I have the right to decide whether I'm getting genetically modified or not genetically yeah, modified. Yes, no, no, yeah, yes. And there are, there, yes, there, and there are rules. Okay. There are, yes, there are GMO labeling. In the United States? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, you know, not, but unfortunately, this, it sounds so scary that it probably runs people off not to realize that almost everything they're eating probably has... GMO, I mean, you know, all of your corn and your wheat and all your basic, uh... Basic crops, or, yeah. Yeah, so, uh... 85% of the three major food crops, corn, soy, and cotton, are GMO. Cotton is a food crop? Well, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know, know. I put that in the food crop, but <laughs> major consumption of, of <laughs> okay. crop. All right. How about this one? Is it true, so supposedly people who object to like GMO stuff will say that Monsanto hands out these seeds that you, know, you grow the plant, 
but the seeds that you get from the plant itself are infertile. So you, have to, you basically become dependent upon Monsanto to buy those seeds year after year because the, the seeds that come from those plants are infertile. Is that true? Well, yes and no. So there, there, I, I have two different sources on this that both tend towards, towards the no. This is from, one of them is from uh, 2008. It says, uh, GMO crops give seed manufacturers capabilities with potential to be less benevolent. By employing what are called terminator genes, manufacturers can theoretically exercise patent enforcement techniques not too different from software activation. Right? Sure. So you grow the plants fine, but the engineered traits require chemical activation, huh. thus enforcing annual licenses from farmers. Wow. Which is pretty, uh, pretty awesome in a not good way. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome that it could be done. Right? Yeah. You could yeah, yeah, yeah. create a plant, and then you say, but it won't actually grow until you use this so secondary thing. you plug in thing. the password. That, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, so you plug in the password. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh but if you think about it, Terminator features can also be used to address the concerns of anti-GMO activists worried about cross-pollination and contamination because they they produce sterile seeds. Yeah. So, but the updated version. So what did I say? That was two thousand eight. In two thousand fifteen, uh, it says the patents for Terminator genes have all been secured by companies like Monsanto. Uh, who have pledged never to put them into commercial crops, and as a result, there has never been a GMO seed on the market with a Terminator gene. Oh, so I think the uh, so I think so the objection old, it's is an old objection. well, no, no, that that the technology exists. I see. And the argument, and, and he's saying it does exist, but it hasn't been. But used. it hasn't been used. Uh, it's also a national security issue. If for some un unforeseen a natural or man-made disaster shuts down the infrastructure, food will be at a premium and neither the nation nor the world can afford the risk of having no crops available for the next season. Well, that's, so, that's certainly true. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, yeah, so, so, so do, do, does the technology for Terminator genes exist? Yes, but it is not in use. Okay. So, so, so I have this, this question about the definition of GMO. Yeah. And that is, so apparently if you add DNA to the genome, that's GMO. But if you delete DNA from the genome, that's not GMO. Why would that be? Like if you're, if you're manipulated in either, in either event, you go into the laboratory yeah. and you manipulate it, you're adding DNA or you're extracting DNA, apparently one of them is considered GM, GMO and the other one is not considered GMO. I don't quite get that. Yeah, I mean, what what if there was something about this or this plant uh, that expressed in this way under these conditions, and you're like, we don't want it to do that. Yeah, and we'll you stop pull that. that out. You're saying that's not a G that's, that's not, not GMO. <laughs> it's only GMO when you add a genome when you add DNA to the genome. That, huh. that just seems goofy. Well, to me. The thing is, you know, so you've got. So this plant over here is resistant to this bug, yeah. but this plant isn't. So we take that out of this plant and stick it in that plant. That's right? GMO. That's GMO. I know, but, yeah, but, but <laughs> I mean, except for the harebrained uh, objections to it, 
Doesn't that sound like a good thing? Yes, of course it does. And so, so now you're saying, okay, so for this plant to survive uh, drought and whatever, we're gonna we're gonna infuse. We're gonna yes, we're gonna take these genes, put it in that one. Why isn't that a good thing? Yeah, I, I I don't understand why they make this distinction. It's a weird distinction. How about this one? So it's important. Like the Irish potato famine reminds us of the important of importance of diversity in the food supply. Yeah. Right. If you're too dependent on one source of food, then that then something can happen to that source of food, and you can be in a bad shape, bad way. So, from what I understand, the diversity of the food supply has diminished dramatically over the last couple of decades. Um, so, how does GMO relate to diversity of the food supply? I don't know why it would. I mean, why? why, I mean, why uh, I think the idea is like once let's say, let's say a hundred years ago, farmers in different parts of the country had different kinds of corn that they grew. All right, so maybe you had a hundred different kinds of corn, and then somebody comes along with this GMO version of corn that you know will grow anywhere, will be more productive, blah blah blah. So now instead of having a hundred different varieties of corn, we have one variety of corn. Yeah. So. The, the concern there is what if some parasite learns to attack that yeah. type of corn, yeah. then now we have no corn. Where in the past we had a hundred varieties, if a parasite learned to attack one, so what, we got 99 other ones. Yeah. That does take place. That's, you know, that's monoculture. Mm -hmm. But monoculture is the result of supply and demand. It's already taking place. We're already... So the fact that we, we when you go to the store... Banana, to me, a banana is just a banana. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just the one variety of banana that I've used one to see. One variety across the whole world, right? Every single time. Mm -hmm. But that is not the result. That's of, not GMO. That's not the result of GMO. I know. And to me, in fact, in my mind, GMO would uh, would increase the variety. I see. So what you're saying, what you're saying is there's two questions here. Yeah. One question is monoculture. The other question is GMO. Yeah. So... So, so monoculture is a bad thing, because if you have one plant, yeah, then one parasite can wipe it out. It is, yeah. And, but if you have multiple plants, one parasite can't. But that has nothing to do with GMO. But I was saying, you could, you I would could say easily actually have, GMO could solve the problem. Exactly, you could easily have a thousand different varieties. And you would, because you're like the uh, uh, the bananas that grow in the Philippines are subject to this fungi and this uh, right. this parasite. Yeah. Which are different than the bananas in Guatemala, so we're going to genetically modify them for their environment. Right. So, so you could you could conceptually have this is the corn for Kansas, and this is the corn for Idaho, and this is the corn <laughs> for Siberia. Illinois. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's a good point. Big weed here. We love receiving comments from our listeners, and so if you have something to contribute, comment disagree we'd love to hear it we can be reached at bigweed show at gmail.com just called pigweed but crow hill will listen to so so here's another objection that i hear that i actually have some sympathy with which is we don't trust the experts so when they're being told that you have nothing to worry about from gmo right their response is their response is 
Come on, these are the same experts that tell yeah, us all kinds of other BS. I know, okay. I'm, I'm, I sympathize. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. If you look at, if you look at just what we've learned in the pandemic, the, the, the amount of suppression. About trust the science. Exactly. The, the amount of believe the science, it, it's such a bunch of nonsense because we know that there are a lot of issues that aren't being honestly addressed. And... So, so the, you, right, the, the so-called experts. Now, now, if I were to sit down with an, ex, an actual expert in a room, I would probably believe him, what he what he tells me in private. Yeah. But what what gets told in you know in the public sphere by the experts? I'm not so sure I'm on board with that. But the thing is, yes, I, and I agree because you, you're always suspicious of. Big tobacco, big right. uh, big pharma, manipulating everything, big and having, ag. Yeah. However, in this case, you know what big ag does? Besides increase its own profit, it feeds billions of people. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not like big. Of course, big tobacco has something at stake of convincing uh, at stake convincing you of something that isn't true. What is it? Their own profits. Yeah. What happens with big ag? Yeah, they get profits too, but guess what? Billions of people stop starving. So this leads me directly into the next one, well, which, is, which is the Food and Drug Administration doesn't actually rec regulate food all that much. So, like, wouldn't there be an increased level of confidence in all this kind of stuff? Like, I, I know that some GMO stuff is outlawed in Europe, but not outlawed in the United States. And yeah. And there's this feeling, right or wrong, I don't know, but there's this feeling that our regulatory environment has been kind of hacked by big business. So, so having like yeah. one a basic pigweed and crowhill uh, political principle is when one some one group has power, there has to be somebody else with an equivalent power to counteract it, to right. like hold them in check, right? So, shouldn't there be some regulatory checks so somebody somewhere to look at what's going on and say yeah i'm not so sure about that yeah because right now when you say that there's this kind of a gmo shutdown in europe and i don't know if you want to get to and and also trying to shut gmo down in africa right. and developing nations I understand the scare, scare tactic, street level guy who doesn't really know what's what, and mm -hmm. they're going, "Look, there's chemicals, there's all this science, and it's very unnatural," and then being suspicious about it. But if you're at the level of making policy decisions, yeah. you would think that you would understand the science and not be swayed by Franken foods and you know scary words. It would be lovely to believe that, but I'm not sure I would do. I think, I think the the politicians are swayed by who's going to donate to their coffers. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, so so I'm I, my concern would be so on the one hand, somebody comes along and they have a, a rice or a wheat or whatever it is that will grow in some place that's food deprived. Yeah, and and they they're proposing to provide the seed to these people that's going to feed all these people. And it's like, sounds great to me, wonderful. These people who don't have enough food are going to have enough food. But on the other hand, I would, I would really like to have somebody with some power to check and find out if it's true. But I realize the big problem with that is 
50 people standing out in front of the building with signs and a bullhorn yelling and screaming yeah. are probably going to have more influence than the science or anything <laughs> else. The science. The science. That's, That's right. Yeah. All caps. Yeah, yes. All caps, the science. Uh, yeah. Uh, you would think that that wouldn't be the case. So can we, can, can we talk about uh, Norman Borlaug? The 1970 Nobel Peace Prize winner so, on the tip so, of everyone's yeah, tongue. I don't, I don't, you know, this Norman guy, what, what did he do? Come on. Not I mean, much. Not much? No. No. Uh, he probably saved more lives than any other person who has ever lived. The Nobel Committee put a number on this, estimating that he was personally and directly responsible for saving one billion human beings in the third world from starvation. And you know what he did? He didn't run around like Johnny Appleseed planting trees he by did, he himself. He didn't like go around with a spoon giving people food. <laughs> yeah, feed no. one spoonful at a time. Right. No, you know what he did? He pioneered the use of hybrid and genetically modified crops. And so, if we learned this lesson in 1970, so, then so what are we words, doing now? So there are a billion people alive today. Because this guy invented some hybrid crops. We don't really we don't really talk about starvation and famine like we have for the entire history of humanity up until about 1970, right? But, but did we ever talk about that? But so, so I so wait a minute though, you're, you're taking the totally wrong perspective on this. Uh, this yeah. guy is actually a criminal against the earth <laughs> because yes. because the earth is well, overpopulated. And all these people, all these people, we are would like not have weight. global warming they if it wasn't this, for Norman. There's this, there's this human weight <laughs> on the planet because of the all these people who should have died. That's that would be the normal state of affairs for them to like starve and die. That would be the right thing. Because yeah, and the Paul Ehrlichs, uh, right, say that the 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 problem with planet is overpopulation. Exactly, we're, we're going to. Consume more So these food. people, these people who are like going into the lab and finding out a way to feed all these people, they're actually criminals. They're not criminals. Wow. Guys. You're you got, right. You got this I entirely do backwards <laughs> thing. I mean, come on. Can you retroactively, well, we could, can we cancel Norman and withdraw his, uh, even in his grave? I don't withdraw know. Withdraw his Nobel Prize? I don't know. But probably we should. Saved more All these, lives. these billion people, these billion people are... Or like breathing think, out all this carbon dioxide. If you and, could think about how much better the planet would be, I mean, to a certain degree, the planet would be better off with a billion less people. Uh, but do you uh, want to be well, one of the billion? You know, you know that's 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 actually an interesting question. Would the planet be better off with a billion less people? You know, okay, so somebody is going to come up with an answer. Uh, obviously, I was joking about what I said before. Some somebody is going to come up. Somebody's going to be a genius and come up with an answer to some problem, right? Yeah. The problem of food production, the problem of carbon sequestration, the pro whatever, whatever the heck the problem is, there's going to be some genius who's going to come up with the answer. It seems to me that having more people means you're more likely going to have that, find that genius. Well, I mean, certainly something to that. You know, because I know a lot of people will say, well, wait a minute. No, there's just, like, geniuses just have to be, they have to go through college. No, no, no. There's, I'm sorry, there's this very small percentage of people who are geniuses. There's, like, this bell curve distribution yep. of intelligence. 
and most people fall in here and other people fall in here. There's a very small number of people who are way out on the extremes who are geniuses. And the more people we have, the more of those geniuses we're going to have. So by saving a billion people, there maybe we got 10 geniuses out of that. Ah, that yeah, are going to they're going to solve good. some big important problem. Yeah, I mean, I would listen to some, to a great uh, you know what's our guy uh, the Danish uh, Lomberg. Yeah, yeah, Bjorn Lomberg. Have you have you heard him recently on uh, Spiked, Brendan O'Neill? No. I mean, it's just, it's just so great. He's like, all right, because of technology, we are the the wealth that we're creating in the country. In a hundred years, we'll be four hundred times wealthier. As we address climate change, we'll only actually be three hundred and seventy times as wealthy. So he's saying that that the in dealing with the problems of climate change is going to cost us some money. Yeah. So we're going to get life is going to get so much better, but it's going to get slightly less so much better as we confront the problems of climate change. Interesting. As opposed to we're all going to die. Uh, what's the What's the point? We have to spend eight more money than we have tomorrow in order to prevent. No, we'll figure it out. Geniuses will come. Oh, this is what made me think about it. Geniuses will come along that will come up with solutions that we haven't even thought of yet, because there will be pressing solutions that people will be thinking about, and that will be. And, and, and you know what? They'll They'll be the company that they work will become enormously rich when they become up with this solution to something that we haven't solved yet. Which is the good thing. I'm, I'm glad they have that. Kind of anyway. uh, so, okay, so I'm, I'm run, I ran out of my objections. I went through a bunch of, I listened to a bunch of podcasts that were very hard to listen to, to tell you the truth. And those, those are all the objections I could come up to. With uh, all right, so let me, let me, let me see if I've got, I've got, because I have a, uh, a few. Yeah, uh, how about this? Effects on the environment. Genetically engineered crops represent new and potentially invasive forms of life. <laughs> okay. How about this? Yep. All plants are potentially invasive, and that's why farmers use good management techniques. Right? Yeah, all right. So that's not, that's not really a... That's not really a thing. No. Uh, so how about this one here? I like this one. Genetic engineering is unnatural. So uh, throughout all of these, mostly been objections, and then you're false. Yeah. No. But so are fillings. Uh, because genetic engineering creates a new living creates new living organisms that would never occur naturally. Many people hold moral and spiritual objections to it. Okay. So first of all, we don't know if they wouldn't have appeared naturally. That's 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 a supposition. <laughs> but but secondly, there's all kinds of things that are unnatural. That we accept all the time. Like when I go to the dentist, he and he drills out my tooth and sticks a bunch of weird chemicals in my mouth to fill the hole. That's not natural. Exactly, exactly. He says, but, but although the responder says, "All right, finally, an honest and factual objection. There's nothing at all wrong with having moral and spiritual opinions." What is wrong is calling them science mm. and using them to deny food to poor people to whom your spiritual notions may not be as important as feeding their starving children. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> really what it comes this down is, to. This is what bothers me about the whole thing. Like, if, if, yes, I don't, 
you know what? You want to you want to overpay for organic food? That's fine with me. And you know what I was thinking? Maybe there are health benefits. You thinking that there are health benefits might be a may result, effect. right? Yeah. Yeah. Placebo effects are real effects. Yeah. So maybe you're overpaying for a product that you think is going to make you help. That calms you down. That lowers your stress level. That may, in fact, improve your health. Yeah. But Go don't turn around and sit at some desk in Brussels and tell what people in Africa and, and uh, the Philippines. Yeah. Where you have these kids who are starving to death with. and tell them, Sorry, this this rice is evil. It would save your life, but this rice is evil. Remember yeah. the DDT, yeah. right? They got yeah, rid yeah, of that. Yeah. So, because of the fear that somebody 50 years from now might get cancer, a million more people will die of malaria. Right. Because we're not going to use DDT. You yeah. know, it, it's, it is that sort of Western colonial... Did you see the picture of the, of the people in hazmat suits... With Greenpeace across the back, chopping down GMO corn in the Philippines to burn it, because because their you know their leaders have been convinced by some other environmentalists that this it's mm. terrible. So anyway, can we wrap this up here? Yeah. Uh, this is let's go back to our man Norman Borlaug, and he kind of. I you mean that, that putz who saved a billion people? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. you want to read that for me there? That just that, All right, that, so finally, on. an honest and factual option. Yeah, yeah. No, no, down here. Okay, some of the environmental lobbyists of the Western nations are the salt of the earth, but many of them are elitists. They've never experienced the physical sensation of hunger. They do their lobbying from comfortable office suites in Washington or Brussels. If they live just one month amid the misery of the developing world, as I have for 50 years, they'd be crying out for tractors and fertilizer and irrigation, irrigation canals and be outraged that fashionable elitists back home were trying to deny them these things. Well, I think that says a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Norman. Organic really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't offer any genuine health benefits. It does not benefit the planet right. in any way that yeah. I can tell. And the only thing that what has benefited the planet is GMO and the fears, you know. Or well, what's more important, in my opinion, it's benefited humans. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. What, what did I say? The planet? You said it benefited the planet. No, no, no. I like the planet as a means to an end, but humans are the end. Yes. And people not starving seems that's, to that's be. That's a good thing. A good thing, and to impose upon them that there are, yeah, it's they should stick. We're going to provide a way for them to stick to their traditional agricultural techniques. Yeah, Lovely. well, maybe they'd like a tractor yeah. and a canal and some fertilizer. Maybe their agricultural, their traditional agricultural techniques suck. Yes, yes. And, as a matter of fact, if you want to save the, if, if you want to think about saving the planet, how about instead of continuing to uh, uh, to level more forest for more forest land, you you use techniques to get the most out of a small amount of land. Right. And how do you do that? Let the forest you do grow. That to, yeah. Yes, and leave the forest alone. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't that be nice? All right. Okay. Well, I think I think we've put put the kibosh on uh, organic and GMO. I've got a I've got a, a strange man of the week this week. Yeah. So this is a review from uh, a listener. Yeah. 
I don't feel the need to comment on everything that comes into the mailbag. No. But I thought for this partic- this particular one, kind of got my, you know, got. I felt like this would be a fun thing to comment on. Exactly. So, here we what go. do you think? Yeah, I, th- I, think, th- I think this one's worth worth our attention. I agree. There we go. So uh, this was a was a, a guy who commented on our our podcast. Nah. Uh, Apollo Soyez. All right. Says. I dig the titles and topics of your discussions. Right. I love how you break your topics down with historic knowledge and back and forth, coupled with beer reviews. Fun. I just don't understand how every subject you guys opine, from the beauty of Jack London, Enlightenment, Christmas, and other innocuous cool topics, yeah. are a rope-a-dope for the jabs, uppercuts, and KOs of the Democrats, the left, <laughs> woke, Pelosi, etc. Wow. Why not just start and end the program... Uh, with your message, without the guise of a topic that ultimately finds its way to the same conclusion. I still listen because I'm old and have nothing else on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the topics are just a guise. Well, <laughs> so so, so I, have, I, have a, I have a few different kind of reactions to this. On the one well, hand... First off, it's mostly nice. Yes, it's mostly nice. And thank yeah. you very much for listening, Apollo Soyuz. <laughs> and uh, so, so thank you very much for commenting. Um, on the one hand, okay, I do admit... That we do take jabs. I'm I'm really glad that we KO the Democrats from time to time. I like that's, that. that uppercuts. I, like that. Yeah, I know. Good. That's good. I'm happy about that. So so I'm I'm glad that you know we do attack them from time to time. I would sort of dispute that we attack them all the time. <laughs> I, know. I, I can think of several different episodes recently <laughs> where we did like politics didn't come into it whatsoever. Like how about how about the Jordan Peterson Martin Luther episode? Did politics come into that at all? Yeah, we we did a review of uh, that memoir written during the, hol- the Holocaust. Yeah, we Powell. did uh, UFOs. Yeah, uh, plastic. Yeah, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know what did we get some digs in on Jack London and Christmas? Well, maybe I, I, I think Christmas. Maybe. The Christmas show. We definitely got some digs in on the left. Well, I mean, Christmas. I don't mind getting. I mean. I, I think that we have tried to do a balance of uh, of light and heavies. You know, the, but yeah. you know, the fact that the, uh, our politics sneak in—that's okay. Yeah, you know, so 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 the left likes to believe that climate change is an existential threat to humanity. Yeah. So they find every excuse to mention climate change, how climate change affects piano playing, and how climate change affects you know anything else. They're, they're like squirrels. There, there, there. Climate changes everywhere. Well, I think a certain aspect of leftism is an existential threat to humanity. Yeah. So I'm sorry, it's going to come up from time to time. And this is it. If I, if I thought that we were punching down on the weak and the powerless, I would dial it back. Exactly. But I feel like uh, the left controls everything. Yeah. And I, and they're trying to drag our country into the toilet as yeah. fast as they can. Well, good job there, pigweed. There he goes again, uh, bringing up the. Uh, but anyway, I just so I feel need the, the few weapons that we have to fight back. I think are mockery, mockery, uh, satire, ridicule. Yeah. I mean, that's all I got. So when I see an opportunity, and and actually, to, to to be brutally honest about this, we're actually taking a risk ourselves in speaking out against the predominant ideology. Because we could lose our jobs, we could. There's all kinds of things that could happen to us mm-hmm. by speaking against this the woke extremism. 
So we're not punching down. We're punching. Oh. We're punching way up. Way up. Way up. I don't mind if the. <laughs> I don't want to be Johnny Johnny One Note. So I don't think that we're always beating the same drum, although we are beating up the same person. Yeah. But it's just, it's just that that there's sometimes it's a rib shot, sometimes it's a kick in the knees because. There are a hundred different ways that this, uh, that woke leftism is attacking America. So while on the one hand, yes, we are always punt, swinging and uh, hope, hopefully we're KOing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, bad foreign policy and transgenderism aren't exactly the same thing. Yeah. Even though, you know, it's the same side of the aisle that we're attacking. Right. So, yeah. Well, so, so anyway, anyway. The, the bottom line is, uh, thank you very much for your comment. We appreciate it. Um, I really don't think that we're always attacking the left. But when we do attack the left, in my opinion, they, they deserve it. They deserve it. And so we, uh, I think we're trying to do a balance of uh, political and topical shows and non. But, uh, you know... Sometimes it bleeds in. Can't help it. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, what, what, what have we done? Uh, time travel. Uh, are we living in a simulation? Uh, <laughs> yeah. We've done a lot of things that have absolutely moon. nothing to do. Uh, yeah. so, the dark side of the moon, uh, yeah. So I think there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, shows that really don't have much to do with politics and, you know. I, but sometimes it just creeps in. And sometimes the, you know, the shows are... Deliberately that way, and I'm I'm willing to say half the shows, yeah. Uh, but not all in the same way because there's a new threat coming up once a week that I could easily make a new topic out of. Um, but uh, hey, when it creeps in, it creeps in because just trying to defend our turf. That's right. All right. Well, Apollo Soyuz, thanks so much for the comment. We appreciate you it are, very much. Yeah. You're the man of the week. You're the man of the, <laughs> the, man of the week. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you.